We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, another Panther Rants podcast here. It's uh, Monday. I'm headed back to the office for the first time over a week. And of course I forget my badge, so that's typical for a Monday back, I guess. But anyways, weather's nice. It's 70 out right now at freaking 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to complain too much the sun being out this early. I'm sure some of you watching Olympics, I haven't really watched any of it because I really just don't have a much of an interest in it. Even the hockey, I mean, I haven't really, you know, I, I was in training for all last week in Atlanta and I guess one of my instructors is from Canada actually, he's from Vancouver and he was bragging about Canada being USA women's hockey and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. That's nice. Although I know it's a rivalry, but still. I mean, they're, they're really the two best teams. Then he tells me that Team USA men's loses to Slovenia or Slovakia or whatever. And, and again, I could care less about Team USA hockey, at least men's, because... The only thing that really kept us relevant was having um, actual NHL players in it. To be honest, I mean, what was it? a few years back? We we came close to winning the gold, and we beat Canada. I remember the preliminary round, and it was an awesome win. But of course, we had to face in the finals. We lost. But uh, you know, USA has had their their had their had their close one, and it just didn't work out. And of course, you know, I get most of my Olympic highlights from Twitter, from Twitter anyway, I mean, especially with all the snowboard stuff, the skiing stuff, and whatever. But, um, on my way back from, uh, Atlanta, right before I left, I was able to, um, well, first of all, I, it was great to have no train that day, so I went and actually got tired of the hotel breakfast and went and got an actual breakfast somewhere and made a few other stops and then uh, went down to, went downtown to Atlanta to check out there you know check out the area I mean it was nice I mean downtown's pretty nice Atlanta's a nice city I like to come back and visit again to check more of it out but um I was able to check out the, the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, it, I mean, it's not very big. I mean, it's the, the Hall of Fame is probably three floors. Although the Pro Football Hall of Fame wasn't all that big either. Oh, well, it kind of was, but it's not. Neither one of them really trumped Cooperstown. That was I went to Cooperstown once as a kid to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and that was an awesome experience. I mean, I'm not a huge. I mean, I'm not a big baseball follower as I was when I was a kid, but I would go back there anyway to check it out again because um, Cooperstown's it was a, it's a nice town. And, um, the Hall of Fame, I mean, one thing I love about baseball is its history. I mean, I, I don't watch the game but really as much anymore, but I love the history. Of course, I watched it during the, when the Astros had a run. But, I guess you can call me the casual fan. But, um, you walk in. All the helmets are there from just every, almost every Division One team. You got, as far as Pittsburgh goes, you got Robert Morris has a helmet, Duquesne's helmet's there, and Pitt's helmet's there. And of course, we're going by our region. Yeah, the Hoopies and the Penn State fan, Penn State Nittany Lions are there as well. And when you go in, you, you buy well, you buy your pass. They give you on your little key thing. And what's cool about it is um, it has a sensor on it. So what you do is you go and you register your uh, your your football team, which I register Pitt. So almost any type of interactive display will it'll scan your code and it'll bring you, it'll bring up any Pitt related related content for you, which is really neat. So. And of course, you know, of course, we walk in. There's the helmets. There's also a bunch of quotes, you know, on the you know, on the floor, coaches' quotes. There's a whole bunch of artwork. And uh, you know, there's also, if you're a West Virginia fan, there's a slab of there's a slab of West Virginia coal on the wall. But uh, yeah, the second floor, you go up there. There's um, there's some little there's some. Uh, Guys telling their stories, their college football stories. One of them, in particular, was Bill Frelick, which was really cool because Bill, you know, is you know he's uh, supposedly really sick right now. At least that's what they're saying. So it was neat to hear his story, and there was pictures of him, especially of him, him with Bill Hillgrove. They were showing, and of course, some of his Hall of Fame footage. Then you go to the big hall where it has all the uh, interactive stuff where. You can go uh, scan your code, and it shows all your all the Hall of Fame people from uh, your school. And of course, you touch on them; they tell you their information, and um, and they play some highlights as well. And um, you know, you don't have to just look at Pitt School, Pitt. <clears throat> if you look at other schools, they're, they're there. And I think 
think that's uh, that was up on the third floor, I believe. I went back down the second floor, and there was a. Uh, Oh, there was a whole bunch of stuff, of course. Yeah, they had a little exhibit on tailgating and how they t- how they tailgated back in the day. There was an old T, old Model T car, or whatever, and these old bottles of Coca Cola and things like that. There's also a fight song karaoke where you can sing your fight song and then record you. They record you, and of course, you can you can watch your video later that day. They'll, they'll email you. And of course, they had a whole bunch of exhibits. I mean, a bunch, you know, some love, love, love memorabilia. Uh, Paul, Paul Christ is there in a pit, in, a, in his pit outfit. And yeah, there's a like I said, I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, but there's a lot of cool stuff. Pit's very well represented in the Hall of Fame. And of course, there's all the trophies too, and you can just scan your code. It tells you what trophies you win. The, the, the pit one, all their championships, awards. Then you go to this big display, and it scans your QR code, and all these pictures of pit football appear, like the band and stuff. And like I said, a whole bunch of cool stuff. I, I recommend going. Plus, Atlanta's a nice looking city. I would, you know, there's there's the there's uh the world of Coca Cola's down there, which I which I really wanted to go see that I didn't get get a chance to if I can go back I would go look at it and who knows maybe one day I will but anyways pretty cool I'll go check it out I think one of the, one of the most uh, my favorite part of the whole trip was was actually not pit related um it was actually a Penn State photo of, of, of them lifting. And in the corner of that photo would happen to be uh, Adam Gress, who I uh, passed away back in December. And I'm very close with uh, Adam's uh, uncle. So it was it was very cool to get that, you know, for one thing, I took the picture and I got a close-up of Adam. I was able to send it to him just to see if we can verify if it was actually him because it was a black and white photo. But just for the long hair and the facial features, I figured it was him. And his, his teammates actually were able to verify it was him. And of course, um, I found a uh, colorized photo of it online, and that helped me as well. You know, put all put it all to rest. So that was one of my favorite parts of the trip because you know that family is uh, st- they're still gre- they're still grieving his loss. And so for them to know that he is. You know, he's in, you know, you know, there's some part of him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, obviously, he, he didn't get inducted, but at least his presence is there. So, moving on, some other stuff to cover. Charlie Partridge, who we just hired not too long ago to take over for Tom Sims. Now, um, well, interviewing for the D-line job in, in Alabama. So, which is disappointing, but we hired, you know, trying to coach the D-line. And the defensive coordinator position was open, and we obviously didn't promote Charlie. 
Charlie's going to go over and interview for this job, and really, pretty much the same position he's interviewed for, he's, he's doing now. You know, and it's, but it's Alabama. So you're coaching in the SEC. You're still recruiting Florida players in the South like he's been doing. He's obviously really good at it. So, not to mention, uh, you know, Bama's just won a national title. They've won several national titles this last decade. Probably a bigger budget as well. So they're going to obviously give Charlie more money if he decides, you know, if he's ultimately picked. But we'll probably have to wait it out. I'm sure as soon as, as, as I'm recording this podcast, he's probably either already accepted the job or turned it down. We'll see. If anything, maybe Charlie's just going to talk to them. I mean, that's one of the few things we can hope and pray. And that would suck because, you know, I mean, Narduzzi's staff has pretty much had more turnover, lately has had more turnover than Trump's cabinet. I mean, we're, I mean how, many defense, how many offensive coordinators we're on now? Shoot, we're on our third, third offensive coordinator. Run our second uh, defensive coordinator, possibly a third D line coach. Char- if Charlie doesn't leave, so yeah, it sucks. Definitely, you no. Know, not to mention new offensive line coach, new uh, secondary coach because Ronaldo Hill left. Yeah, that sucks. But it was, you know, for Pitt, it just sucked because we just got him and now we're looking again. So, all you can do for that is just wait it out and hope, hope for the best. I mean, I'm not even sure who, who else we can get to coach d at this point. Now you could ask Greg Gattuso, but Gattuso's a head coach at Albany. You know, and you know, Greg obviously burned some bridges before he before he left under Dave Wanstead. So I don't see that really materializing. And plus, you know, Greg's a head coach where he's at anyway. So I, I doubt if he goes anywhere, he's probably gonna be a head coaching job. Now there's you know, there's there's Tom Bradley. <laughs> Although Bradley's coaching the secondary now at um, at you know for the Steelers, where's the linebackers? One of the two. He's a he's some sort of positional coach. Of course, you know Bradley's. Uh, I think Bradley's brother works for uh, the Steelers. So there you go. There's another nepotism hire for you there. Which is why his uh, brother was getting the Steelers. Management to uh, beg Pitt to give uh, give Tom an interview, which we I think I think we did. I believe we just weren't going to hire him. 
it's probably a good thing we didn't. And the thing about Bradley is, if he was des- if he was so desirable as a head coach, he would have he would have probably gotten a job somewhere else, which he didn't. If anything, he was one of the many coaches who banked on banked on his future of, with paternal leaving. And I mean, Joe eventually left, but he didn't leave on his own. He was voted out. And after, and after what was going with the Sandusky thing, it was obviously that the staff was going to move on from a lot of these from a lot of these coaches, which is what happened. I mean, they kept LJ Senior for one thing, and he ended up leaving. And he ended up leaving not too long after that. So we'll just have to wait this out, and of course, hope for the best, like we always do as Pitt fans, because it can't get any worse. And speaking of can't get any worse. How about pit basketball? They um, gave Florida State a game for most of it. Lost by about thir- uh, 13 points. But uh, they, were, they were in it for most of it. I think they led, they led by one point to half, actually. Thanks to Marcus Carr's three-pointer at the buzzer. Which happened to be Marcus Carr's only points of the game. I believe. Yeah, he only had three points. Which is if you look at that if you look at the stat sheet, if there's one person they really missed out of this whole thing was Marcus Carr because he's the only one that didn't put up any numbers, really. Frame, Stevenson put up numbers. Stevenson had had a really good game. Parker Stewart, who set the freshman record for three pointers for Pitt. He obviously, you know, had himself a game as well, and Pitt was in it for most of it. Uh, obviously, the one thing that was very alarming and very concerning was that Pitt was, uh, you know, in the first half, they were, you know, FSU was in the bonus for most of it. Pitt's players, a lot of them were in foul trouble then. Second, and, you know, as the second half went on, Florida State started going inside and drawing fouls and that was it for Pitt. You know, once 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 all those guys started to foul out or getting more deeper foul trouble, that was that and the end of it. They, they had no other answers. And FSU really isn't that good of a team this year. I mean obviously they're a lot more athletic than Pitt. Actually pretty much almost any, pretty much any team and actually every team in the uh ACC is pretty much more talented, more like than Pitt right now. So Pitt marches on as the quest for 0-18 continues. And as one person brought up on Twitter, this uh, basketball hire is going to be Heather Likes' hot, you know, first well, one big hire for her. For keeping score, but let's not forget about the wrestling coach. How supposedly she bungled that search 
or how bad that went. He had, and then a bunch of coaches turned down that position. I think even one guy from Edinburgh turned it down, which is, uh, you know, Edinburgh is a really good wrestling program. But you figure with Pitt, with the more of a budget and things, they would, you know, be able to accommodate him more, but he didn't want to go. So, yeah, I mean, or in our case, the way that the way things are going, she makes hold on to Kevin Stallings for another year. We'll just have to wait and see, you know, like, like, like the park your stuff with the wait and see, but as far as pit hoops goes, it's not going to, it can't get any worse. It's not, actually, it's, 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 it's at its lowest as, as it is now. It can't get worse. The question is, can it get better? And there hasn't really been a whole lot that, um, that tells us that. Not at all. For sure. But as for the staff is concerned, they probably realize they have only a few weeks left until they can pack up and leave. But, you know, it's all right, because Kevin Stallings, I think, bought a house. So, what do you do with that? Does he still, I mean, did he pay cat? I mean, did he pay it off, or is he still paying a mortgage on it? Personally, if I was Stallings, I, after, after how that first year went, I would just I would just rent. I just would have rented rent a condo because I think his first year he lived in a hotel, I believe. Hell, I would have just rented an apartment at this at this point, or sleep in your office, one of the two. But anyways, I have, I'm not gonna talk much on pit basketball because it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna piss off piss you guys off on a Monday anyways guys I'm gonna have let you have the rest of your week enjoy I'll probably talk to you later this week if any more fun stuff comes up hell to pit bye